Hi, I'm Faye Selvin and I run the Big Life Group. Welcome to Anon, a new podcast from the Big Issue North. It's about the people we meet and the struggles they face. It's about their everyday stories that are little heard and very little understood. Often people are vilified and laughed at by the media who delight in producing programmes that portray them as ignorant. In a time when hate crime is on the rise, we really want to champion the people who have the least. Help us to turn the tide. Listen to their stories. Understand and help us to change the world. Meet Ramona Constantine. She's Roma, from Romania, but now she lives in Manchester. She came here in 2009, two years after the EU expanded to allow migrants from Romania and Bulgaria. I was married when I was 19. Then I was, when I was 24, I'd been separate from, let's say, my partner because it was not a legitimate marriage. We had an apartment, but when we split, we, we sold it. I was 24. I had a baby girl, and I had to live with my parents. And for coming back and living with my parents after four years, being away and have my family, have my things, and coming back with my parents at 24 years, it was a nightmare. This is the story of her new life in the United Kingdom, how she's made the most of her time here and helped others to change their lives and how Brexit could change everything. The second day after the Brexit, all the work has been smashed, disappeared. How can you tell me I'm welcome but when you see me, you're closing the door? Until I came to Manchester, I didn't know the words discrimination, hate or hate crimes or anything like that. I didn't have that where I was growing up. Everything, it was nice. It was a lot of green stuff and horses and cows and very nice. It sounds like a world away from Manchester. So what brought Ramona to the UK? I started to meet with my actual partner. And one of the things he said to me after a few weeks of dating, he would say, do you want to come to, with me in Manchester? I'm going for a visit to see my family and my, and my relatives. Would you like to come? And um, I said, yes, of course. So I came as a tourist and then I stay. When she arrived in the UK, Ramona knew just a few words of English. Enough to say who I am, where I'm coming from, or to ask for, like, food, water, for ask for an address, to ask directions. Conversational, no, but saying a word or two, yes, but conversational, definitely no. But her conversational skills got better thanks to an American sitcom and the king of rock and roll. Do you know the comedy, uh, the fam- Bundy family? Uh, it was a comedy about marriage, yeah? All those things are designed to attract. Why should I be attractive? I'm married with children. <laughs> I was, I like that comedy, so I was seeing it twice a day. So because of that, hearing and watching and, and um, hearing the songs of Elvis Presley and watching his movie, I was learning English and it was easy for me to understand. Love me tender, love me sweet. Love me tender, that was my favorite. Never let me go. You have 
when I learned even the few words, I really I was a, let's say, a fan of Elvis Presley. After like about a month, I started asking people, how do you manage to to make money? How do you manage to pay rent? How do you manage to survive? And then um, someone said, oh, we sell the big issue. And everyone was like, big issue, big issue, big issue. Most of the Roma people that I was knowing in the area where I was living, they were selling the big issue. And I said, it would be nice for me to go and get, to be there. So can I do it? And he says, can you speak English? And they asked me, what's your name? How old are you? And I was like, I said, I, I was responding back. I said, yeah, you can do it. Come on. So a friend of a friend bring me to the office and drop me at the door. That's it. Just drop me at the door. I got inside. I remember that was uh, Nathan. Nathan it was, Nathan. So Nathan says, Hoy, can I help you? And I was like, um, big issue? Okay, and then he called Daniel Akim. Hi, I'm Daniel Akim. Uh, I'm service manager for Big Issue North. Ramona's got uh, a lot of different skills, and I mean, her, not least the lang her language skills, you know. Um, she picked up English very, very quickly, being able to operate in at least three different languages at any one time. That's, that's an achievement in itself for anyone. <laughs> so when I came here, Daniel was my, like my dad. You know, when you have the figure, that, that the male figure that always stay there and being supportive and always been. So that figure for me when I came in England was Daniel. So for me, he was a mentor and he also was a, a, an example of a person of a dignity and respect and someone who stand up for what he believes. Despite the challenges that she had and uh, personal challenges, maybe things happening in her own family, with her, uh, you know, maybe immediate family, maybe extended family and so on. That's where she had to be strong, that's where she had to uh, to stand her ground and to kind of find a way through those things. Ramona was committed, she was open, she was uh, enjoying the work that we're trying to do. However, it was the cost on a personal note to her and the kind of the sacrifices that she had to make and the perceptions maybe that she had to change and I guess the discussions that she had to have uh, with her partner and with with the family that she's part of you know and um, those won't have been easy. <laughs> Ramona sold the big issue for 18 months outside Manchester Central Library and also in Rochdale. Becoming a vendor wasn't just a way of making money. It also helped replace the family Ramona had left behind. I had quite a lot of friends in that period. Teachers, assistants, sol solicitors, people who was working in a cafe, people who were working at the city centre. So that was replacing my family that I left at over home in that moment. Someone who has been always with a big family to be alone. So the people from the street for a long period has been my family. Ahaz is a teacher. He always invited me to dance with him and he was singing the song, Dance With Me Under The Moonlight. So I was supposed to do the dance in the middle of the street at the St. Peter's Library and I was just dancing. We get it almost every night When Take, keep my magazine under my arm. 
I'll put them down and just, just dancing, randomly dancing on the street. But it wasn't long before Ramona experienced frequent discrimination on the street. Quite a lot of um, mostly young people were saying, you're not supposed to be here, go home back to your country. So I was getting that like, let's say, 30 times in a day. For me, it was a starter of uh, who I am at the moment and also built me up. Selling the big issues got two faces. Some people are really friendly and they can help you to engage, to make you feel that you're part of this country, make you feel comfortable and make you feel welcome. But also are a lot of people making you feel like, if I can say this, like shit, and telling you I need to get out of this country as soon as possible. Kira Leeming is a freelance journalist and photographer and sometimes works for the Big Issue North. I wouldn't say it's true of all Roma people, but in Ramona's small family culture, they all pretty much all use two names. So they have the name that's on their passport, which in her case is Ramona, but then they all have a kind of a nickname that the fam immediate family calls them as well, which um, for her is Elvira. We had known each other maybe about six months when we went to Romania and we were travelling on a train, just the two of us. And she said, when she talks English, it's, it can be quite poetic sometimes, the way she uses the language. And she, and she said to me, she said, when I'm Ramona, and she used the third person, the way she talked about these characters, she said, Ramona, her confidence is as big as this train. She feels powerful, she feels strong. But Elvira, she's just tiny, tiny. She's the daughter. She gets told what to do. She has no choices in life. Before long, Ramona was promoted, working with other Roma in Manchester. She worked closely with Yaron Matrez, a professor of linguistics at the University of Manchester. Ramona and I met in 2009 when the presence of a uh, community of Romanian Roma in the Gordon South area came to the attention of the local authority. There was a bit of a crisis management situation there because the local authority was put under pressure by various representations that uh, created a, an atmosphere of, of suspicion against the Roma. Manchester City Council was very keen to actually ease tensions, uh, was very sympathetic, regarded the Roma as residents like everybody else, and was determined to get to the bottom of what they themselves as council defined as the perception of Roma by local residents to collect evidence and to be able to confront residents and all the others who had any complaints or concerns that they had expressed and be able to, in effect, dismantle the, the prejudice and aggression. Because I would like to help people. I was knowing mostly of all the city, you know, where it's every, every building, when I went to, like, Mike and Spencer, where is it, where is it? And I, was, I know where it is, I can bring it there. So because the stuff from the big issues see me, that I was always trying to help and trying to support and reply back to people and translate, one day he said, would you like to have a job, Ramona? And I said, of course. He'd ask me, do you have a number, a phone number that we can ring you? And I said, no. And he said, get a phone, a SIM, and we offer you a job. And I was like, are you serious? Yes. And I said, OK. She walked into this room, and my first impression, I think, was that she was not what I was expecting at all. She was a force of nature. You know, she, she's a very confident young woman, very 
outgoing. She dresses up quite a lot, so there was like a clatter of gold jewellery and, um, you know, she had her hair sort of done up really nicely and she likes to look smart and she, she's quite a petite lady, but she wears huge heels, you know, and she just she's just quite an impressive presence. I like to stand up for what I believe and uh, I like also to say that no matter what, will be the coincidence of me saying what I do believe about myself, about an action that's been happening, about the person, about anything that's got to do with my community, with myself. I will say what I think, and I think for that, my, what I believe is courage to say to someone, what do you believe? Building a life in Manchester was going well, but for nearly two years, Ramona was without her daughter, left behind with relatives, while she began her new life. I came alone. As I, my mom and my dad said that it's better for me to go if I want to, but not with a child who is only like one year and a half. <sighs> this is now going to make me sad. When I was selling the big issue and I was seeing people with the children in the streets, and let, my little one, she's very common, black hair, long, brown eyes, dark skin. So mostly all the little Muslim girls that was looking like her. So every time I seeing her, just to feel good, I was going buy stuff and I was like, can I give her this? And I was feeling that I give it to her. Once I, I find a job and I managed to get a house and I didn't know that I could look after her. Me, myself, not anyone else. Me as a person, I could look after my child and I said, yes, I know I can do it, now I, I can bring her. First she came in, in vacation I was talking quite a lot with her on the phone, but every time, every month that was passing, I could feel her getting more strange for me. Before she was calling me, mommy, 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 and then she started to call on my name. And then, I don't want to talk on the phone, I don't want to talk. So she was less and less one to be communicated with me, and then I was one of the things that I said, if I don't do something, I would lose her. I'm not gonna say every immigrant, I'm gonna say every person who comes in this country, left something of him back. Until he managed to bring that something back, it's very painful. There's a common refugee experience of not quite feeling home, not where they live, or where they came from. I was feeling that I belong here, not there. And my mum was saying, you've been 25 years with, in this place, and now you've been there a year, and now you say you think you belong here, then you don't like here. So every time I go home, I always say, why is this? Why is that? And my mum said, fuck off. <laughs> Just because she said, why do you have to ask us a question? This is where you live all your life. And I was like, mum, you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, yes, you are. This is my home. So, yeah, so... It was always argumentary back and forth after even a year of staying in the UK. There was one event that we both attended in uh, Bradford, a large event organised by Bradford City Council. Some people from the education department uh, brought along three children, uh, very young children of um, Slovak Romani background, and they were dressed in their school uniforms and they were asked to read something, so perform something to an audience, and, and the, uh, it was very well, you know, well-meaning. But the idea was to kind of showcase them and as, as successful cases of integration. So they're doing well at school, they've learned English, and they've kind of accommodated uh, and, and, and so on in their school uniforms. And then they were asked a few questions, and, you know, the standard questions, what do you want to be when you grow up, and uh, what's your favorite subject at school, and, and, and so on and so forth. 
And as the session was coming to a close, Ramona said, oh, I have a question. And she turned to them, and they were all, you know, sharing a microphone from one to another. And she says to them, where is home? And they each took the microphone one after another and said, Slovakia. And you could see jaws dropping among the 60 or 70 professionals and local authority officers who were there, who to them that signaled almost a failure. Here they were trying to showcase them, well-meaning, you know, trying to show here, this is a success story of integration. <laughs> and those ungrateful eight-year-olds are basically saying, well, yes, but this is not home, home is Slovakia. The fact that I came not just in England, the fact that I started working, the fact that I had education, it makes me change, not coming into this country. Um, being independent, having a chance of education, being someone or say what do you want, do something for yourself, it helps people quite a lot to change. And what you change is your choose. You can choose and you can become a very good person who is very responsible or some people can lost in this way between their changes they can lost and don't know who they are. Seven years into a new life and things are going well. A job, a family and respect. Then this. Well, at 20 minutes to five, we can now say the decision taken in 1975 by this country to join the common market has been reversed by this referendum uh, to leave the EU. My dad-in-law is, um, is about 60-something. He always said, England is not going to be forever. Remember when I said about persecution, and I was like, oh, come on, it's starting again. Because she said, I've been seeing this before, so this is not going to keep it forever. But he was right. When I first hear about um, the Brexit, that they choose the decision they want to make, I came that word into my mind. It was, it's not going to keep you forever. This is not your family. Because mostly of my, of my friends are at the moment are, let's say, immigrants or British. And um, he said, they're not going to be forever. They're not your family. Um, I was very... I considered Manchester to be my home. This is where I have my girls going to school. This is where my house, this is where my friends, this is where I live, this is where I, I celebrate. When I am going in Romania, I go for holidays once a year, just for like a few days. And then I says, I want to go back home. And everyone laughing at me. But you are home? No, no, no. There is my home. You know, you see people crying. You know, sometimes they. it has been a very emotive thing. It's not been uh, just because of the fact that, you know, they may have jobs here or they may be in employment and they may not have those opportunities. It's more than that. It feels more uh, personal because it feels that uh, they've been rejected. And that's tough to take when, um, as a migrant, and this is documented, you know, different um, Academics talk about this, you know, when you move to a new place, you've got the first year, you know, is the honeymoon, you know, you you get to know the place, it's great, wow, what a great life, you know, uh, here in Manchester, you know, it, it does rain once in a while, but, you know, the rest of the stuff, you know, is it, really nice, we enjoy, we like our neighbours, we've got uh, a job and so on. Second year, you get to feel that rain, you know, it hasn't stopped raining since last month, you know. <laughs> What's, you know, I'm wondering, should I carry on living here or should I move back to somewhere else? 
uh, and then you go through this cycle of um, uh, kind of realization. Actually, you know, uh, after a couple of years, well, the, this is this is okay. It's got you know, it's got positives, it's got negatives. But actually, you come to a balanced view of where you are, and then you go back to your home country because you visit your family and you visit, you've got friends and so on, and you realize they've moved on with their lives. They are somewhere else now. They are not. You kind of go and you think, oh yeah. I'll meet up with such and such, with so and so, but actually you get there and their the lives have changed. It's not kind of the same relationship, it's a different dynamic. They say, oh yeah, you're, you've just come from so and such and such place, oh, how's it going? It, it's already a different dynamic. You come back here and it's not, not quite home either. Uh, so you're all of a sudden you find yourself in this strange place. One day my girls asked me, why is this happen? Why is the Brexit happen? Why are they making the separation between British people and immigrants or Romanian? And for the only time in my life, I put my head down and I didn't know when to answer. When three girls asking you, why is this happen? Why they don't want us? I don't know if I have to stay because we are Romanian or because, I, don't, I didn't know. I just put my head down and I stayed quiet and I said, this is the only answer that I cannot give you at the moment. When I made a decision, I was in the living room and the TV was on and when I made a decision, I cried for like three hours. And I feel like something, it, it broke off me. And I was, um, my husband, my partner has two girls. One is uh, 13, one is uh, 11. One is in, um, in secondary and one is last year in primary. One, she want, one becoming nurse and one she wants to become a teacher in a primary school. And one day when you hear about Brexit says, now I'm not gonna have the chance to become a nurse because in Romania it's quite very expensive to to go to study and to go to education. And I said, just do your best the time that we are here and when it's gonna come, we're gonna have to go back. I'm gonna see if I can see a solution to keep in education. And she said, why these people has been take part, rope up all our dreams and all our future just because they didn't want us. And I said, Salika, I don't know what to answer. These people are, are really insecure now, what's going to happen to them. Um, they're not getting the assurances from the environment because the political parties, are, you know, uh, uh, who can commit to, to really, you know, uh, clearly protecting their rights. It's not quite clear what will happen. Um, and I'm sure, I haven't been in, in contact with, with those particular families, but, but I'm sure that uh, from family, other families that I know, um, that they are very glad that they've kept um, their contacts uh, in the last few years in their place of origin because that might be a place that they would need to or want to go back to under the circumstances. Brexit felt uh, another kind of like rejection, you know, because you, 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 yeah, people who may have felt home here, now they are all of a sudden doubting that in whatever way. And, you know, I guess... It's normal, in a way, to feel like that. Uh, but this is where, you know, that, that's kind of the mood is 
you know, we, it's uncertainty. It's what's going to happen is um, we're not quite sure what, where, you know, uh, where our rights are, you know, where, you know, what, where we stand sort of thing. Um, on the flip side of that, people have had a lot of support from their neighbors, from their friends, from their, oh, do you know, I know we've all, people voted this way, but actually we, we think you guys are great, we don't, you know, um, and people saying sorry to, uh, to people in the community, I'm really sorry this has happened, you know. Um, I've had people in tears coming to, you know, to, to say, you know, we're really, really devastated by what has just happened. I'm seeing communities who are not allowed to be in this country and they're fighting every day to be not deported, to fight against detention, to fight against uh, decision. And I'm trying to find the strength to manage to to do something against that and making people prepared and try to save a bit of what left, you know, like applying for residency, people prepare the documents, things that they can happen. But also, unbelievable, I'm still waiting for a decision, uh, wake up from, the, uh, from this nightmare and saying the Brexit is not going to happen. Uncertain about the future, maybe, but eight years after Ramona made a home in Manchester, She's no regrets. In Roma culture, dad and mom always are proud with the son because they are the more, the men who work in, they are the men who are independent, they are the men who... But in my family, I am the proudness. The story of Ramona Constantine. I'm Alan Bezik. The producer was John Ryan, and this podcast was a 2ZY production for The Big Life Company. Anon is sponsored by The Big Life Group. We're a social enterprise based in the north of England, and our mission is to help people who have the least. We start where they're at and help them to get to where they want to be. You want to help us change the world? Then here's what you can do. Share our podcast, get other people to listen to our stories. Or you can even suggest stories that we might want to cover. Or you can donate and help us produce the next one.